Look, I got a testimony. I got to tell him what God did. I'm calling God the homie. He took me out of the mosh pit. I will contest the phonies. Separate demons and God's kids. I got to spread his word, so I'm going to show you who the God is. The word is my weapon. I move like a general. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining. Welcome to Walk With Me. I'm your host, JJ. And I thank you all for listening. I really do appreciate it. Believe it or not, I, I get stats and the the various platforms tell me, inform me about how the podcasts are growing. I really do appreciate everybody who's listening and sharing it with other people. I, I do appreciate it. Uh, thank you so much. I love all of you. Uh, now we get to our business part where we talk about our sponsors. Uh, one of our sponsors would be Templar Chronicles 1 New Players by Ray Slaughter. Sci-fi, epic fantasy type fiction. Uh, and we have the artist who created the bump music, True Bars, Lyricist. And I believe you can actually spell his name B-A-R-Z as in Zebra. And look them up on YouTube. And I got to let you know some of the lyrics are explicit. So just be careful. And my biggest sponsor today is Exquisite Creations. And she makes a lot of uh, tumblers. And she's also getting to branch out into t-shirt making. And this is about to be this huge relaunch coming very soon. I'll keep everybody informed on that. And now that we've got everything out of the way, again, thank you all for joining me. Now, let's go ahead and take this walk. Now, the last couple episodes we were talking about being saved. What does it take to be saved? Or more appropriately, what does it take to start getting on the road to heaven? What does it take to start living for God? When we did those two episodes, we had to put our previous discussion on hold, and I want to get back to that because some people were, were asking where we were going to get back to that. And what we were talking about is how the Bible is broken down as far as God's relationship with man. And the term that we use for that is called dispensation. Now, again, I know people take that word and throw it around like rights. But technically, biblically speaking, there's seven dispensations. And some Bible scholars are putting more dispensations, like many dispensations into it, but I'm just going to talk about the general ones because it goes directly into what is salvation and how salvation occurs. All right, so when we were last talking about dispensations, we were talking about the second dispensation, otherwise known as the dispensation of conscience. The first one was the age of innocence where you had Adam and Eve and no one knew anything, and all Adam had to do was walk around and be fruitful and multiply, and all Eve had to do was just be pretty and multiply. That was it, and talk to God every day. They didn't know anything about right or wrong. They, all God did was give them a choice, and unfortunately, they made the, bad cho- they made the wrong choice. Now, this is also the formula for dispensation. Dispensation will start off with a rule or a series of laws or some guidelines and man will mess up the guidelines and do a really good job at messing them up. And then God will have to perform a judgment and then God will present a reset button. 
And one of the things you'll learn, as I did by going through these dispensations, is that God never held the previous dispensation. In, in other words, when God had to make a judgment because he put Adam and Eve out, he didn't bring the disappointment or bring the anger or bring the wrath from how he felt about Adam and Eve messing up to the next dispensation and so forth and so on. Every dispensation, God started off with a fresh slate, which, which is a low-key way of teaching us all about forgiveness. Now, I feel like I'm getting ahead of myself. So let's go ahead and continue talking about the second dispensation, which we will call conscience, which is really what this was. Man knew what sin was. He knew the knowledge. He had the knowledge of good and evil. And now he had to make choices based on what his conscience would say. And the first example of this is when Cain killed Abel. And Cain killed Abel, not, you know, not because it was a Tuesday and it was a thing to do, but because sin had already been in his heart in the form of jealousy. God had cursed the ground. Everybody knew God had cursed the ground. But Cain, and, and here's, as we unwrap the sins, Cain decided out of his own sense of pride, like, look at the fruit I made, brought the fruit instead of going to get the proper sacrifice. Well, how do you know that, JJ? Because this is the first time it's mentioned. And Cain and Abel were grown men at this time. So sacrifices had already been happening. Offerings had already been happening for a long time. But Cain thought that he was above the law which is a sense of pride. And he brought the fruit of the ground, which the ground was cursed. Now the right thing to do, and I don't know, in the book of JJ, I'm thinking, eh, he might, a still small voice might have said, hey, uh, Cain, why don't you take that watermelon over to Abel? I mean, he looks real thirsty right now, tending all those sheep. So maybe, if you give him a watermelon, or maybe three, he'll give you a sheep to offer up. Maybe. But that's just out of the book of JJ. So, but what he did was he brought that, and God didn't respect it, and God respected Abel, and then jealousy happened. So he had pride, and he had jealousy. And then when it was conceived, it brought forth death. Clip that on your mind. Sin, when it's conceived, brings forth death. And next thing you know, Cain and Abel were talking in the field, and pow, that was it. Abel was dead. Now, here's where the conscience comes in. God said to Cain, he said, Cain, where is Abel? And instead of Cain saying, um, hey, well, you know, it, it, and let me just pause right here. Cain had to have known that God saw everything that happened. So, but the first thing King said was, well, wasn't my day to watch Abel. I don't know where he's at. Um, and so he lied. First, he kind of swole up. 
He was really obstinate. Then he lied. And so now you have another sin. So then God said, well, um, I'm going to give you a hint that I know where Abel is because his blood is crying out to me from the ground. Um, well, um, I'm just going to be a little bit more insolent, God, and say, I ain't got nothing to do with that. And so there was a situation where Cain was driven out from Adam and Eve. So now Adam and Eve just suffered two losses, three really. First, they lost their perfect life, which they remember being in a Garden of Eden. They remember those days of having to do nothing. Now they got to work hard, and then now one kid has killed another kid, which is really two tragedies wrapped up in one in itself. And then the third one being ostracized from the family, having to be driven away from them. So really that's four. All right, so you would think man having seen that would have said, okay, we need to get back to God. But that doesn't happen. Because now that we are conscious of sin, we have learned to turn off our conscience. Say that again. We are now conscious of sin. So in order to do this, we turn off our conscience. So, even still, in this dispensation, God set up a way of renewal. Because the first thing God did was, okay, well, this isn't going to go right, but I still promised you things. So what he did was he renewed the righteous seed, which was when he gave Adam and Eve the child called Seth. So Seth grew up, and Seth was righteous. Seth did everything that he was supposed to do. He was conscious of sin, and he obeyed God. And he obeyed God through the laws of Adam. And everything seemed fine. Now, it was at that time, you will hear in the Bible, you read in the Bible, it says, and men began to call on the name of the Lord. Now, wait a minute. If they weren't calling on the name of the Lord before, why would they be calling on the name of the Lord now? Because Seth was teaching them. However, the corruption that filled Cain was so big and so powerful and so poisonous that it just sort of spread through the entire human population because that was really two-thirds of the population at that point. So no one among his descendants would, would call on God because of their level of corruption. No, so when Adam and Eve realized this was going on, they had to look at him like, I don't, what's wrong with you? What's wrong? So the descendants of Seth, and you could read it, read it through Genesis. The descendants of Seth, you had 
all these people, and then you had Noah. Now, you were about to come to the end of the second dispensation. But before you get there, you're going to see that a lot of people who were righteous lived really, really long lives. 900 years, 800 years, just ridiculously long lives. And this is biblical. And we have no idea, really. Well, Adam, Adam died when he was 969 years old or something to that effect. And Methuselah was lived, I mean, these are hundreds of years that humans were living. And being in the harsh conditions that God had already set out from cursing the ground, you have to understand that these men and these women and these people were really special. But because of how corrupt man was and that man at that time as a general species rule only thought about evil continually, why? Because once you are conscious of sin, in order to take care of it, in order to do that, you have to turn off your conscience. So once men realized that and they started enjoying sin, they began to get worse and worse. And everything just went really haywire. And this is very generalized speaking here. Like they were, I, I was watching that movie Noah. And, and, and if you don't know me, you got to understand that J.J. does not like watching religious movies. Because once you are familiar, at least on a rudimentary level with the Bible, you go, no, that's not how the Bible put it. <laughs> but there was some some things that stood out in the movie Noah that sort of seemed okay like it might be biblical like when they were being very very mean and nasty to the kids and this is also backed up in the fact that Jesus said such as it was in the days of Noah so shall it be in the days of the coming of the son of man so you had all of these things going on Everything was just evil continually. Corruption was everywhere. Murder was everywhere. It, it even got so bad that some of, some of the demons was having sex with women and they were making giants and, and just, I mean, just things were just running amok. And you say to yourself, well, how come God didn't step in and solve that? And herein lies the key to each dispensation. The key to every dispensation is God waiting for man to make a choice. And God is very patient. And God will allow men the opportunity to make that choice. God could have stepped in and smacked the serpent out of Eve's face before she ate that fruit. God could have smacked Adam upside the back of his head before he ate the fruit. He did not, because what God wants is someone who's going to choose to follow him. 
who's going to choose to walk with him, who's going to choose. He didn't, he already have angels who are going to pretty much blindly do whatever he wants. God says, go over here. They're going to go over there. Or at least two thirds of them did. You got that one third who basically followed Lucifer out of heaven. And now they're on earth wreaking havoc. So, that choice being made of turning off the conscience in favor of what they were conscious of is what led to the end of the second dispensation and will lead to the end of every single dispensation that we're going to talk about. Because the end of the second dispensation ended in the flood. And we now know how that went. Noah spent 120 years preaching. 120 years. So, you know, here's a word to the wise, a, uh, a word of faith to people who believe they may be having a calling on their life or something like that, even to me. Noah preached, there is rain coming for 120 years. And not one person except for his family, believed him. Not one. And the way families go, I mean, we're not even sure that they actually believed him. They just did it because, because at that time, the families followed the patriarch. So 120 years, Noah built that ark. 120 years. Think about that. That's a long time to be building the ark. And up to that point, there had been, never been any rain. And as a matter of fact, this is exactly why people, I believe in, in the book of JJ, that they probably looked at him and was like, bro, you crazy. What is rain? Because up to this point, no rain had ever fallen from the sky. At this point, the way the ground was being watered was by dew and mist. No rain had fallen. This is biblical. Um, and so at that point, you had Noah preaching for 120 years. And then everyone rejected him for the whole 120 years until until the day God shut the door. And, and even before that, even before that, you, you, let's just say that, that uh, whatever major city you're living in, and, and let's just say it, it, just outside that city, some guy's building a building. If you're driving by, you're walking by, are you going to ask what, what that building is going to be? Probably. If Lee's not curious, but I guarantee you a certain level of curiosity will start to increase when animals started coming to the ark. And people nowadays are trying to cast doubt on whether the ark existed or how big the ark must have been. And, and I can give you specs, but I don't really want to make this boring because it lays it out. Just kind of think that when you see the word cubit in the measures of um, length, 
not weight. But when it's talking about length or width or, or area, a cubit is about 18 inches. Okay, so generally um, with my arm, because I have pretty long arms, it's generally from the tip of my middle finger to my elbow. So just to give you kind of a, a rough estimate, it's, it's about 18 inches. And that's what a cubit is. So when you see that word cubit, when you read the whole account in Genesis when God was telling Noah exactly how to build it, Noah followed those blueprints to a T. He did not deviate. He did not go with flair. He didn't let his pride teach him how to build that boat. He, first of all, what's a boat? So he didn't, he didn't question God. God said, do it this way, do it this way. And then that was it. So the problem of Noah preaching 120 years, sometimes I wonder, especially like when I do this podcast, I wonder how long it would have taken Noah if had he not preached? Would it have taken 120 years? Did Noah preach for eight hours a day and then go back and build for eight hours a day? Or did he work 10 hours a day? There's a lot of things you could really wonder about that'll kind of get you off the subject. But at the end of the day, Noah had two jobs. Preach repentance, for the kingdom of God is at hand, and build that boat. And then after that, it was in God's hands. Now, before we finish up, just imagine, though, having driven past that ark every single day, or walked past that ark every single day, and seeing that thing go from a pile of wood to some framework, and uh, then there's a door, and there's some walls, and then this is all the time you have one guy and his two sons out there um, building and building and building, and you're watching it kind of slow, and you go buying your little cart to work, and or you go out and you're doing what you're going out and having a good time, and you come back and. That guy's still up there, and he's up. He's out there from sun up to sundown, and no matter how hot it is or how cold it is, it's 120 years now, and he's doing this by hand. He doesn't have a crane. He he's basically inventing the idea of machinery in order to build this art. And then he he stops you one day and he says, "Hey, man, I'm doing something." And then you say, well, what, what are you doing? He says, I'm building an ark. Why are you building an ark? Because it's going to rain. And you, walk, you laugh and you walk away because this is what people did. They laughed and they walked away. And they went and they did evil, sinful things. Then that one day, you happen to be walking, you're about maybe 30 yards away from the ark, and you hear, boom. And that was God closing the door. And you're thinking to yourself, well, what was that? Huh, that's weird. Okay, well, and you just didn't think nothing of it. And you keep walking and then something big and wet hits you right in the face. 
and it was a raindrop. And at that moment, at that moment, you realize that Noah was telling the truth. He was not crazy. But it is already too late because the flood is coming. The flood is coming. And before you could even turn around to shout out for Noah's name, the sky has clouded up and huge raindrops are falling out of the sky. I, I was talking to someone a couple years ago because, you know, I'm an avid weather person. And we were talking about, oh, man, I'm almost out of time. We, we were talking about how that must have happened that in 40 days, the amount of rain could, could have covered even the tallest mountain peaks. And we were just kind of doing some random general math, and this guy was like super-duper math smart. And I mean, like he just make up numbers out of thin air, and he, he, he's like the matrix in his head. So he was thinking, and by the time his math was done, he said each each raindrop had to been like a five-gallon bucket. And it hit me like, wow, that's insane. Each raindrop was like a five-gallon bucket. Hit you in the face. Bluff. And when you go to run over to that door and you're banging on that door and you can't get in, the dispensation has come to an end. Now, just keep that on your mind. Keep Keep that last three minutes of this podcast on your mind. You've been preached at. You've laughed it off. You've ignored it. And then you realize that it was right. And then you realize you're also too late. This will also be a recurring thing among dispensations. So, that being said, everyone, I thank you for joining us on today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Love you all. Remember, download, share, tell all the people about it. I, I see the ones that are doing it only because it's not like I know exactly who's doing it or not, but I could just tell because the listenership is growing exponentially. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I hope you get something out of this podcast. We're just getting started. Because we're just still in the book of Genesis, okay? Um, take care, be blessed, be well, and we'll keep walking together. Love you. Yeah. True. Uh. See, I do it for Jesus. Jesus. Everything I've been doing, give me a reason. Give me a reason. I got this for the little words of a genius. Words of a genius. Everybody needs to know who the leader. Who the leader. See, I do it for Jesus. Jesus. Everything I've been doing, give me a reason. Give me a reason.